0: Greetings and, and and saludos to all of you that are not in the metro region, but are watching from other places far and away and nearby and wherever you are. Uh, it's good to have you with us. So tonight, uh, here's our topic for tonight. Uh, it's shakha uh, and or shakha. And uh, this is your Hebrew word for the day. shacha Can you say that with me? Um It's almost, it's really more of a hard shacha but uh, um, and you're wondering what is that? Now the worship people should know what that word is because I already taught them that word. Um, so what do you think that word means? Well, yep, it means worship, as in Psalm ninety-five six says, "Come, let us worship and bow down; let us kneel before the Lord our Maker." You know, it's it's it it's the word for worship. It's it's the closest word to the English word for worship. There are multiple words in Hebrew, but but this is the one that's just straight up worship. And what does it mean? Well, it, it the word actually means to bow down, to 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 prostrate yourself and prostrate yourself. Now, I got to point out the difference in the word prostate and prostrate. Okay, we're not talking about prostates. We're talking about prostrate ourselves, right? To bow down, to worship like the picture now, this is the interesting thing because we use the word worship a lot. We talk about worship services, worship team, our time of worship, and almost never does it include bowing down and putting your forehead to the ground, and yet that's exactly what the word means. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about worshiping God, and you say, well, why are we doing that? We're not even getting together. Well, because worship really doesn't necessarily mean what we're getting together. It's between us and God. Now, getting together is awesome. And I'm all for that. And I love our worship time in the mornings when we have when we have Sunday services. Our our worship team has done a fantastic job just taking it higher every Sunday. But we don't even have to be together to have a great worship time. And in this time where we're, in a sense, uh just kind of rethinking church and how do we do church and how do we stay connected and 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 including our connection to God. And so I want to talk about that because worship is something that is sacred, something that is holy. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship me. You know, we all know about how how Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. But why did he say that? Here's the interesting thing. He he didn't even, in the at the beginning, he didn't even say, let my people go so they can be free or so they can go to the promised land. He said, let them go so they can worship the Lord. They can worship God. Worship is incredibly important. And there's a boatload of teaching in here about leaving Egypt, escaping slavery, being set free, crossing the desert so that you can worship God and that the ultimate goal is to be able to worship God. Um, When God created his people, and I'm, I'm actually using the scripture from first Peter two nine that we're familiar with, but he is actually quoting Isaiah, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his, into his wonderful light. In other words, he, 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 he called us out of darkness for what purpose? To praise him, to worship him, to be with him. Matthew four, Jesus said, all this, or actually Satan said to Jesus, when he was trying to tempt Jesus, he said, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. I mean, I mean, can you believe that Satan went after Jesus, the audacity of this, and Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That is One of the original commandments that we worship God and we worship him only, only God. In Mark chapter seven, verse six through eight, Jesus made a comment about God's people. Again, quoting Isaiah, he says, he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You know, he was he was quoting Isaiah, and uh and, and this was an Isaiah was challenging the people of Judah to to get their hearts right because even though they were going through the motions, they were going to temple, they were giving their sacrifices, they were going through all the routine, they weren't they weren't doing it with their heart and the complaint was that their heart was far from him and you know as christians we can do the same thing we can go through all the routines we can go through all the steps we can do all the things that we know we're supposed to do and not have our heart in it i always like to look around and see who's singing and how are they singing you know we think we think we think that we go and 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 we get to see we get to watch the band we get to watch the song leaders and And like, we're the ones watching. Actually, the only spectator that should be there Sunday morning is God. God is watching us to see us worship him. To see, are we worshiping him? Are we worshiping him with all our hearts? Are we giving our whole hearts? And of course, it's much bigger than just the time we spend singing. But one of the most radical things he says here is that they worship me in vain. That means... It's worthless. That means it has no value. You can actually worship God and it have zero value. You can sing, you can say all these things, and it make no difference and it have no value. What's the difference between value and not value? Our hearts. Our hearts being in it. And, you know, he starts out calling them hypocrites. Why? Well, because what's a hypocrite? Somebody who pretends to be one thing, but really is another. It doesn't do us any good to go to church and, And pretend we're Christians when we're not Christians. And act like we're Christians. So what's the solution? Well, quit pretending and leave. No, the solution is be real. Be authentic. Be sincere. Give your heart to God. Worship him with your heart. Make your Christianity the real you. Be be real about it. Don't be fake. Don't be a hypocrite. And that opens us up. For great worship, and Colossians two twenty three, Paul makes a comment. He says such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom. He's talking about some of the way people practice their Christianity with their self imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. And he was talking about a group of people who were very religious. They were very. They make a lot of noise. they were worshiping. They were doing all this stuff that they called worship, but it was basically just self-centered. It was just self-indulgence. It was just emotion. It wasn't sincere. It wasn't real. And we know know when something's real. We know when somebody's real. You can tell when it's, you can almost, if you pay attention, you can tell even when a song leader is not doing well spiritually. There's something about it where the tension's going to the song leader Instead of to God, a good song leader, and we have some great song leaders, draws all the attention to God, not to themselves, not to themselves. And and the same thing with a Christian. We draw the attention to God as we worship him and, and we give him our heart, our mind, our soul and strength. And I'm not saying that there's not emotion in it. There's emotion in it. That's, that's what loving God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength means is, is with your everything but it's real emotion. It's sincere. It's authentic. It's not, let me act all religious and let me sound religious. Let me say the things that religious people say and make the noises. Religious people make and do my hands the way religious people do. No, if it's, if I raise my hands, it's because I want to raise my hands to show God, I love him. If I sing loud, it's because I want to tell God how much I love him. Not because I'm doing it for a show, or because that's what I think I'm supposed to do. Um, there are certainly obstacles to great worship, self worship. You know, when we get caught up in how do I look and, and, and glorifying ourselves and trying to be the center of attention, uh, self praise, uh, let me show you my talent. You know, and this, these are things that we think, oh, well, I would never do that. We do do that. We do that. I, there, I, you know, my my wife's awesome. She helps me spiritually. There's been times where she said, she said, you know, honey, I noticed that you're telling a lot of stories about yourself. Oh, that's so cutting. That's so convicting. But I need to know that because I don't want to get caught up in myself. I want my life to glorify God. I want everything I do to glorify Him. And and I know that that. That's how sneaky pride is. Before I know it, I'm becoming the center of attention in my worship or my praise or or just how I'm living my life or what I'm doing or serving or sacrificing. It's it's very subtle. It's insidious that all of a sudden it's all about us. Well, that stops worship. Worship is staying focused on God. Jealousy and envy, when we start feeling things about what other people have or the credit they get or the attention they get or the or, or being held up, it's you know, the, why does that brother always get talked about, or why does that sister get mentioned? Or, um, competition. You know, why? Why? You know, I can do that, or I could preach that, or I could do this, or judgment. You know, when we comparing gifts and and look down on others, compare our strength to other people's weaknesses, or just plain old worldliness, or lack of spirituality, and of course, hypocrisy. All these things—they're—they're they're like they just—they—they—they they, they clog the channels. And you don't have a clear connection to God. And we don't have a clear view of God. It's why we have to clean our hearts regularly. It's why we have to confess things, even embarrassing things like envy or jealousy or competition. I remember one time um, I, I was appointed a house church leader in San Diego. and And, and, uh, and I was, you know, very excited about that. And then we were, we were, they, we did this thing where we, we had two, or actually not house church leader, Bible talk leader. And we had two Bible talk leaders join a marriage Bible talk and become a house church. And I remember the very first night we went up there, it was Jack Rosenquist's house church, really awesome guy. And my roommate was the other Bible talk leader. And they had been together and he kept talking about him, kept saying, you know, and oh, I'm so happy to have Doug here. And it's great to have Doug and all his campus guys. And I was sitting there thinking, hey, I'm a Bible talk leader. I, You know, how come you don't mention me? And I'm, I'm trying to be inside, you know, cool about it. Like, oh, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't care about recognition. But I was struggling. And on the way home, uh, just so happens that that I ended up needing a ride from Doug, and we were driving home. And I remember, and I knew it was one of those times the Holy Spirit was just kind of thumping me in the head that you need to be open about this. You need to be open about this. And I told Doug, I said, you know, Doug, I hate to uh, admit this, but I'm very competitive with you, and I'm jealous and envious of your relationship with Jack. I feel left out, you know, and. Much to my surprise and shock, our, uh, he he confesses to me, he said'm I'm, I'm envious and jealous of your relationship with Greg Murrutsky and Greg was our campus minister. And you know at, and that had that that moment, you got to understand we had been competing and kind of jabbing at each other for months, not getting along. And then boom, everything changed. The next year, he was my best man in my wedding. I was his best man in his wedding. But what clogged everything up was sin, and it separates us from God. You know, Scripture views the glorifying of God in, in different ways. I, I actually uh, I, I took this from a writing I ran into, um, and I thought it was really good. It says, praising God for all that he is and all his achievements, thanking him for his gifts and his goodness to us, asking him to meet our own and others' needs, offering him our gifts, our service, in ourselves, learning of Him from His Word read and preached, submission to His will, obeying His voice, telling others of His worth, both by public confession and testimony to what He has done for us. These are all acts of worship, activities of worshiping God. Um, there's another. There's there's a series of Hebrew words. I'm just going to go through them quickly with you that that say a lot about. It. There's there's yada, which is to know and to be known, right? This is um and, and it comes from the root words of opening your hands. So that's why people praise God like this or or do this, because it's a it's a it's a gesture of surrender, of openness, you know. And I know some of us, you know, we don't feel comfortable putting our hands out. Some of us we feel comfortable here, some of us feel comfortable here, and then there's a few of us that feel comfortable way up here, right? But very few of us. Um, but that's yada to lift your hands. Baruch is to bless or to bow, to bow down, to, to, to be reverent. Uh, Todah is to, to give thanks. That's part of praising God. Halel is praise, to praise God. In fact, uh, we, we use that one actually quite a bit. Um, you know, the, the, the name of God is, is Yahweh, right? And short for Yahweh is Jah, Jah. So if you took halal and attached it to Jah, then you got Hallelujah, right? Hallelujah, that's it means literally praise God to praise God. So when we say Hallelujah, we're actually saying praise God. And then there's Tahila, which is to chant, to sing. And then there's shabbat, which is to shout, to shout for the Lord. And all of these are all over the scriptures. And then there's Samar, which is to to touch the strings, to play an instrument, to to uh, to make a noise that worships God, right? So in Hebrews twelve twenty eight it says therefore since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful, and so worship God acceptably with reverence, and awe. You know we 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 want to worship God. You want to worship it. like right now we should be having some great worship time, great times with God. I want to give you this challenge tomorrow. Practice shachar. Get on your knees and put your forehead to the floor. And praise God, lift him up, show him your reverence, thank him, but truly worship God. You know, when, when, when God called Moses, when he saw the burning bush, and he told him to take off his sandals, because where he stood was on holy ground. When Joshua entered the promised land, and he saw the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord told him, take off your sandals, because you're on holy ground. You know, you know where holy ground is? It's wherever God is and you are. It's really wherever God is. But when you focus on God, you're on holy ground. And, you know, we don't, there's something very powerful about getting on your knees, about bowing down. And And if you physically can't do it, then do it on a chair or something. But bowing down and submitting and humbling ourselves before God. There's something very right about it. There's something very good about it. And 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 I think it's very important that our kids see us do that. That our family that we do it together. That 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 we aren't ashamed to humble ourselves before the God before our God. And I think that's a very powerful thing. I think right now with all that's happening in the world we need to be praying a lot. We need to be crying out to God a lot. We need to be having great times with the Lord. If you have not heard, there are people really hurting right now. Yeah, I just talked to a brother last night whose wife is a doctor and she has the COVID-19 and and but she's been coming home so he's certain that probably he and their kids have it. Um, my daughter just talked to a sister who's Mother just came down with it, and she passed away, and she's now flying home to visit. You know, these are these are our brothers and sisters, and this is getting close. And we need to be in prayer for each other. We need to be praying for each other's health, for each other's safety, and we need to be showing God our hearts and worshiping Him and praising Him. In Revelation 22, 9, John, the, the 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 apostle, he's seen all these visions, and he's blown away by what God is doing. He's blown away by God's power, by the battle he saw between good and evil. Basically, he got to see everything we're going through, and boom, one snapshot of the the struggle between good and evil in this world, and 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 he got to see Jesus' victory, and he says, "I, John." I am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. And it's a command. We are commanded to worship our God. To humble ourselves and to, yeah, do all those other things. And yeah, we have those great worship times at service. But remember that worship is us humbling ourselves before God, thanking him, praising him, sharing our hearts with him, confessing our sins with him, getting rid of all the stuff that clogs up our communication that separates us from him. It's us being honest and being real and living a life that is an example to this world. It's us sharing our hearts. And right now, what is our acceptable worship? It's helping each other. It's serving one another. It's being aware of the needs. Specifically right now, we're trying to make sure everybody's in small groups. We're trying to make sure that we're, uh, that we're encouraging each other daily, that, that if somebody as losing their income, we're aware of that so we can make sure they have food to put on the table, that if somebody is sick, they have somebody to pray with. Uh, We have uh, family members that are in the hospitals right now, right this moment. We have brothers and sisters who are doctors and nurses out there risking their lives serving, not having all the equipment they need. They need prayer cover. That's our, our, our spiritual act of worship right now. And then tomorrow morning, I want to challenge you to have an incredible prayer time. You know, these are just things I do. You know, have a spot that you go. You know, in our family, we're known, the Carrillos are known for our backyards because we always have these places, the little sanctuaries where we can go and and have great quiet times. And you want to have a place. You know, maybe, you know, we can't go anywhere, so hopefully your backyard has a place or a room or somewhere. Where you can put your music on. It's why I even put the uh, the devotionals, uh, the QT playlist on Spotify, it's simply because to have something to listen to to help my heart get open, to to have a great time with the Lord. Right now, we the Christians, the disciples of Jesus, we've got to be having a great walk with God and a great time with Him. So that's our 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 worship. Our, our worship lesson. So I want to give you this challenge: that uh, make this time a great time with God. Let yourself grow spiritually and and grow in your ability to worship. I have a few things I want to share before we 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 uh, I go offline. We've got some invitations that we're going to be sending out. These are electronic invitations. Here's one: join us online this week, and it has all the information. Here's another one: go to church in your pajamas. Yeah, I know. A lot of people are watching church on their pajamas. That's cool. This is the time, um, and then we've got an Easter invitation, and we'll be downloading those. We'll have those in places where you can download and sharing them. And then one last thing that's kind of exciting is uh, that's a that's a, a a screen picture of my phone, and if you notice, third line down on the right side, there's the LA church. I'm excuse me, the LA Metro Church app. Okay, and and it's very simple to get you go to the app store you search tidly that's the company that made it and they have a couple of apps on there but you look for the you're looking for the tidly church app right you download that um, and then you open tidly and you search out metro region region the other way is is get somebody who has it to just share the link with you they can do that too and I'll share the link with people and that's the easiest way actually but uh, that'll have announcements, calendar, it'll have all the videos, and we'll be adding to that as we go. And, and obviously, it's a, uh, well, maybe not obvious, but it's Tithely, so it's an online giving app as well. So, um, but it's a great way to help us stay connected and to be aware of what's going on, be able to check the church calendar. Uh, obviously, right now, everything that's happening is virtual, not, not physical. And uh, so please stay safe. Uh, please let's let's stay in obedience to the authorities. Let's not take risks. And even if you're young and healthy, uh, the what the government is asking us is to stay home, and and don't take any risk unless it's essential. The only thing essential I do is to come here so I can share it with you. And I and Turnham only lives about ten minutes from me, so come here and I go straight home. And and we all need to just stay home as much as we can. So not only do we we don't get sick but that we don't get others sick. So love you guys. Have a great discussion tonight. We'll see you. Stay safe and stay spiritual.